Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. We had the week off to rest and recharge, so let's get ready to rumble as we prepare to watch the Premier's Melbourne City clash with the Central Coast Mariners for the right to be crowned champions and so much more to discuss. And joining me as usual is the Football Encyclopedia, my co-host, VIG. Hello, mate. How are you? Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> mate, we know I'm we on. definitely know Bankstown United, your team's not ready to rumble, but I'm sure that uh, hopefully these two teams will be. Yeah, hopefully. Look, it's it's a big week for for both uh, both squads and both coaches, and um, yeah, it's just uh, anticipation now leading into the final next weekend. Mate, uh, I don't know. Go back six eight months. Go back even the start of the final series. Are, they, are these the two sides you would have predicted to um, to go through to the big dance? Yeah, look, it, it would have been close to the, to these two. Um, that they were probably you know top top two um, all season. Um, I think they've probably played the best football uh, on a consistent basis uh, throughout the whole year. So, um, you know, it's only fitting that, that they're the top two at, at the end of the day, the last two standing. So we're looking forward to it. Mate, talking of City, Scott Jamison will call time on his stellar career after the grand final, 375 A-League appearances later and winning numerous trophies. So it's been a fantastic shift from uh I'm guessing he's still, he's still city captain. Even when he doesn't start, he'd still have the armband or at least lend it to someone else that's on loan uh, when he until he does come on the pitch each week. But uh, yeah, looks been an absolutely fantastic, uh, you know, ten years or whatever. So now from him to Adelaide, Sydney FC, and uh, City as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, congrats to him on a on a tremendous career. Uh, he's played at a few A League clubs now, um, and I think you know had a little stint overseas uh, in Sweden as well. So. Uh, came back from that, found his, his, you know, he's probably his true home uh, at Melbourne City. Um, it's probably where he grew a, a lot as a footballer, a lot as a leader, um, and probably a lot as a person as well. And, um, you know, he's played, what, I think 290 A-League games or, you know, close to 300 now. Um, and, yeah, he's he's been instrumental to, to everything that's happened down there at Melbourne City. You could, you could say he's, you know, been the heartbeat of that club for, for the last, you know, three, four years. Um, and they've gone, you know, back to back to back now, um, you know, Premier's plates. Uh, they've won a championship and, and they get a chance this weekend to, to send him off uh, with another one. It's probably a perfect, if he can get another victory uh, this weekend, it's probably the perfect time to step away. But in saying that, you kind of guess that he'd probably still be involved at some capacity with how big an impact he's had at the club. But uh We'll see in the in the coming weeks and months, but uh, A League top ten breakout stars from this season. So this is coming from the uh, the A League. So Caltech, Neuenhoff, Triantis, Yelisic, Irakunda, Bodic, Boss, uh, Jovanovic, Simmons, and Drew. Who's your pick? Or did they miss someone out that you think deserved to be on that top ten list of uh, the breakout stars of the 2022-23 season? Yeah, look, there's, there's, that, that's a, that's a pretty good list. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Aiden O'Neill probably had his a, a breakout season for for him, and you know he's going to get a move overseas. Um, you know, Caltech was was tremendous this year. He's a he's he's an older boy, so I don't know. Yeah, it, I guess it is his breakout season. Um, he, yeah, he's over been fantastic. Student. At, over age, he is. He's, 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 he's done a couple um couple extra years, hasn't he? But yeah, look, he's he's had a tremendous season. Um, you know, Max Ballard at, at Central Coast Mariners in the midfield. Um, I think he's had a tremendous season as well. So he can, uh, you know, count himself unlucky not to be included in that top ten. But um, 
yeah, look, it's it's a it's a pretty solid top ten. I don't know what what about yourself? Look, if I had to, and like I said, I think uh, we could have a fifteen or a top twenty, like you just said, including uh, you know the likes of uh, you know Ballard, and and there's plenty of others that we could have uh, we could have mentioned. But look, for me, if I had to pick one, if I had to go hand on heart with, I suppose where they've what they've done this year and 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 I suppose have it I'd have to go with uh Geordie Boss I think it'd be tight between him and Triantis I think Triantis considering he was a bit player at his previous club but this year he's become a absolute uh, titan at the center of the heart of defense for a team that finished second and overachieved as far as the pundits go as well as potentially could be the champions if they get past City on the weekend I think he's had a brilliant year so I give him my runners up but I think for me Geordie Boss has gone he smashed the uh the record for the highest transfer fee going overseas he looked didn't look out of place at all playing in a in a star-studded city team as well as with the Socceroos. So I think this kid's got a huge future. So for me, if I had to lock one in, I'd, I'd probably say him. I know Irikunda, the same thing, but I think uh, Carl Vietz probably affected him by not giving him a chance to start a few games and, you know, improve that he can. And I think he's kind of got that, you know, qual sort of tag as well, where we know he's unbelievably talented, but he didn't get a chance to show us a little bit more. So for me, I'm still wanting to see more from him. So yeah, for me, I'd lock in Geordie Boss. Yeah, look, I can't argue against that. He's been tremendous all year. Um, you know, he's. We just spoke about Scott Jamison retiring, and and you know maybe Jordy Boss and and um, the the effect that he's had on him. Um, you know, nurturing him into that left back position, but he's probably almost you know pushed Jamo um, you know out of that spot this season. So um, yeah, he's been he's been tremendous. Um, he gets his reward with a, a move overseas, and and now we just hope that he goes over. He plays as much football as he can uh, with his new club. I think it's KBC Westerloo. So um, let's see how he goes and, and we wish him all the best. Mate, maybe City threw in Jamo as well. Maybe he's hanging the boots up. Maybe he's going off as his sidekick or his, uh, his golf partner or something. Maybe that's a new experience for uh, for good old Jamo. Maybe he's going across and it's a two for one for uh, for the Belgium <laughs> club picking up both City left fullbacks. Look, uh, I think I think I've heard here that Jamo is probably going to stay on and and at a coaching capacity somewhere at Melbourne City. But um, you know, he he might, he might be uh, Jordan Boss's you know one on one coach that he uh, that he calls up every now and then. Mate, moving on to something even tougher, A League uh, ten of the best signings. So I'll throw them at you: Barello, Zawada, Tulio, Barisha, Marcelo, Triantis, Mac, Caltac, Newenhoff, Yalicic. Who is the best buy? And do we miss anyone who you think was a sensational signing? Is there anyone that you think that a missed that list, or b could be the signing of the year, or do you think it's in that list there? I think it's in that list. I think Brandon Barello. I think he was, you know, he he changed the way um, the Wanderers. I guess they played this year. Um, he was, you know, aggressive up front, and he he added that extra dimension to his game, which was scoring goals. So I think. Um, he, he was for me. He, he was he was a signing of the year in terms of how much he actually impacted a team. Um, but yeah, look, Zawada was great as well. He, he banged in goals for Wellington, but he didn't quite take him to that that next level. I, I think um, you know Borello really elevated his own game, but he also elevated the game of those around him as well. Yeah, I think I reckon it would have come down probably to the final 100 metres or the last couple of furlongs if Zawada hadn't had his child, which is more important than anything else. So, But if he'd stayed and hadn't, you know, missed a few games and came back and he looked like he missed a beat, it would have come down to the final few furlongs and I think it would have been neck and neck. It could have been a photo finish. And who knows, maybe they the Phoenix finish higher up the table and they end up getting themselves into a semi. But I think 
based on the fact that they fell over a little bit short, they pretty much got into the finals and then they came, were just a slight speed hump that someone ran over the top and got past. I think uh, for me, I'd go Borello with Zawada not far behind, but I also think that I, I reckon Van Der Veen with six goals and six assists is unlucky not to have beaten Barisha into the side. And I also think if he'd gone a little bit earlier, McGarry, we had three very important goals for the Mariners. It's got them into the position where they were finished top two as well as get themselves into a, a final and probably Beavers as well at uh, at uh, the glory. I think he had a really good season as well. But uh, look, when we're talking about multiple players, it means it's been a really great season. It means there's been a lot of quality coming in and we just hope that that continues next season, right? Yeah, absolutely. We always want uh, the league to attract, um, you know, quality players, uh, both, you know, international players and, and Australian players whether that's players returning, you know, Aussie players returning from overseas, uh, like your Brandon Brellos or, um, and, you know, your Matt Leckies, um, or if it's, um, you know, international players um, that have played at a high level um, and, and still have that drive and that desire uh, in them to, to come out and, and prove themselves uh, in the A-League. Yeah, look, I think if anything for players that are over there or players considering leaving, yes, it's a great opportunity, but look at Borello, right? He's come back and, he's probably the best I've seen him play, you know, including when he was overseas. So it goes to show, right, wherever you are, if you're playing well, it, it doesn't matter the opposition, the team you're in. If you are at the peak of your powers, then you can stand out. And he's definitely done that and put himself back in the mix for Socceroos and also an opportunity. I hear Zawada, there's interest in Holland now. So he's had one year here, bounced bounced off uh, the Phoenix and maybe he doesn't last his second season. Maybe he ends up in Holland, which was obviously the plan for him and he deserves it. He's had a fantastic year. He's He's been great for the league. He's been exciting for the fans and he's definitely given us, uh, you know, a lot of enjoyment. So look, we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But uh, Aussies abroad, Awee Mabil celebrated winning the Czech first division with his team Sparta Prague. Garen Quoll come off the bench to score his first goal in Scotland to snatch a 2-2 draw against Rangers. Ryan McGowan also on the score sheet in Scotland as St. Johnson and Kilmarnock drew 3-3. And uh, Aaron Moy and Ange Postacoglu added a second Scottish title after defeating Aberdeen 5-0 with an impressive treble still in their sights. Yeah, well, look, uh, a lot happening in Scotland, isn't there, for for the Aussie lads? Um, you know, good to see Garen Quoll finally get his goal. Um, you know, he's had a bit of a tough time and, and he'd be the first to admit it. I think he, he had an interview after the game saying, you know, it's it's been tough, but at the same time, he feels that he's probably learned a lot and grown a lot as a, as a footballer, which, you know, at that age is, is important. So, um, you know, happy to see him finally get on the score sheet and, and finally get a little bit of reward for, um, you know, the, the tough times he's, he's had to go through, um, you know, at the, the second half of this season after moving across from uh, Central Coast, so good to see that. Um, huge you could for be Celtic. Confused. You could be confused, couldn't you, Josh, for thinking now we've got the A-League, the B-League coming in. This is the S-League, right, because this has got a lot of Aussies in there too. So we might start getting confused. The a, is, the, is this S-League in between the A-League and the B-League, or is it slightly above the A-League? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> wait and see. I, I'll tell you what, I don't know. Sydney beat Celtic when they came out here, didn't they? So They did uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, you know, um, hats off to Ange and, and what he's done with that squad. Um, you know, back-to-back uh, championships with with, with Celtic, um, and, and yeah, they they just you know we, we, I guess we'll probably talk about this a bit later as well. But you know, your boys Spurs, um, you know, on on the sniff and and um, you know looking out, you know they're they're hunting down Ange Postecoglou apparently. So we'll see what happens and um, you know in, in these next coming come coming couple of weeks and and into the transfer se- season. 
I'm happy to offer up, but instead they can have take Harry Kuehl, right? Because Harry Kuehl, everything he touched in coaching before, unbelievable player, one of the best of all time for the Socceroos and absolute freak of nature at uh, at uh, Leeds in particular and then Liverpool, but he's coaching not so great. But even he's gone across there and with Ange having him on his back, it's like carrying an extra weight in the cup. He's still got home with him on there. So it goes to show, right, no matter what you throw at Ange, he's still going to get the goods done. Oh, he's, he's unbelievable. I, I... He he must he must have some sort of connection with the players or um you know look look at the look at the crowd um before the game you know when he when he first signed at Celtic they were booing him who's this bloke never heard of him um you know fat fat managers come to you know who is he what's going on um and, and now look at him they they absolutely adore him um and uh you know hats off to him for for what he's been able to uh, you know achieve there. Um, what he's been able to achieve as an Australian coach—it's—it's it's not easy being a, an Aussie overseas, and um, you know he's—he's he's paving the way for you know a lot of other Aussie managers to go over there and do the same thing now. Mate, when you say it's not easy for Aussies overseas, it's easy for your son Giannis when he was in France because every TV camera, every person wanted to grab him. So, look, there is some exceptions to the rule. Now, Ange and Giannis are the yeah. two exceptions that we've seen. But, yeah. uh, look, we'll see what happens uh, and where he ends up. He's, he's Apparently, they're going to offer him to be the highest paid uh, Celtic coach of all time. But there is a lot of clubs that are uh, obviously hunting and, and rightfully so. Talking of uh, English football, Luton's 31-year PL wait ends after defeating Coventry 6-5 on penalties, so devastating for Coventry have also had a long wait, but uh, they're the first club to go from fifth tier to the top flight in the Premier League era. What a fantastic achievement, but uh, it would have been a heart attack for waiting for both sides, right, when you go down to penalties and you're waiting that long, right? You're not waiting a year or two. You're waiting 31 years for them, and Coventry, I don't know, would have been equally as long. Yeah, uh, Coventry haven't been in the league since I was about two years old, I reckon. So, okay. it's, <laughs> so yeah, but um, yeah, look, phenomenal game. It's a that that game, the, the pressure surrounding it, the the players are, are under extreme stress. Um, it, it's it's always chaotic. There's always um, you know, it's back and forth. There's there's always a mistake about um. So you know, to, for the game to go to to go to extra time and then get to penalties and and to lose six five, I think commentators curse. I think the the player that took the the last pen and, and missed for um for Coventry, I think he's played over two hundred games for him, and and the commentator said two hundred games and, and never scored a goal, and it's two hundred and one yeah. games and never and never scored a goal <laughs> now. But um the poor the poor bloke, um yeah, it's just. Just devastating, but it, it, that's just the way these games always end. There's, it's heartbreak for one and um, elation for the others. And um, God, a few Premier League teams are going to get a shock when they have to go to Luton's uh, ground uh, next season. They've only got 10,000 people, but uh, look, maybe for the wrong reasons, they'll be able to dig up that patch of uh, the penalty spot like they did for... Uh, for Milner, the Liverpool, I don't know if you saw Liverpool, dug up that little bit of uh, the penalty spot and said to him, look, mate, we've been looking after the penalty spot you've been hammering for the last few years at Liverpool. Here you go, start looking after your own. But maybe uh, the Coventry player will get his own to look after and maybe uh, it, will, it will haunt him for the rest of his days. But uh, PL news, as we're uh, doing the show a little bit earlier this week, uh, the game's tomorrow morning, everything to play for and who will complete the great escape. Everton sit on 33 who welcome Bournemouth, Leeds on 31, host Spurs, and Leicester on 31, clash with West Ham. So as we know, Southampton are already gone. So two of those three teams will be joining them. So not easy for everyone, anyone there, but considering Everton have got two points lead on the other two and a better for and against, I think, and they're playing Bournemouth, who have had a good season but have little to play for, you'd expect that they'd probably squeeze through. But uh, funny things have happened, and I think there'll be lots of uh, – 
different chopping and changing and lots of different emotions for all fans included uh, tomorrow morning. I think it's one thirty our time, but look, we wish all three teams all the best of luck. Yeah, look, it's it's going to go down to the wire again. Um, yeah, some big games, uh, you know, Leeds, Tottenham, Leicester, West Ham and Everton, Bournemouth. I think we, we spoke about this. I think Everton probably have the most favourable, um, you know, game out of, out of that. But, you know, football is a funny game. Anything can happen. When when players are, are under under pressure and, and under stress, uh, mistakes happen. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting if if you're up if you're up at one thirty watching. Um, there's there's going to be plenty happening. It's going to be absolute roller coaster. A uh, couple of hours won't be for the uh, faint hearted, but uh, we'll wait and see. Player Escape Room, we're joined for a chat by one of the standout players of the women's A-League season, Western United's goal-scoring machine, Hannah Keane. We preview the grand final between Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners. And is there anything I didn't see? VIG. Oh, look, I, I, I don't really want to talk about this, but we, we've got to touch on the Bundesliga, don't we? Overnight. Oh, yeah, I've got that as uh, my what the foot as well. Oh. So, yeah, let's touch on it quickly and then we'll get to it a little bit later as well. But yeah. uh, oh, Look, look, Bayern, Bayern, Bayern win their 11th title in a row. Uh, despair for Dortmund. Absolute, um, yeah, just a disaster day for, for Dortmund and, and the, uh, the yellow wall. Yeah, look, uh, we'll touch on it a little bit later in our clinical finish, but uh, yeah, I'm still getting over it. It'll give me at least another 10 minutes or something to be able to compose myself after our disaster. But uh, my weekly rap has been replaced by a shout-out dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out goes to Celtic FC, but more importantly, former Socceroos coach Ans Postacoglu for winning his second consecutive Scottish Premier League uh, Premiership title and leaves them the chance to claim the treble if they can defeat Inverness in the Scottish Cup final. And the song we send to him is Dirty Tricks appropriate track, Groundbreaking. Sound making, music that we're making you is groundbreaking. You say we've been held back ages, one day we're gonna sound out stages. We just sound making, music that we're making you is groundbreaking. You say we've been held back ages, one day we're gonna sound out stages. Yeah, look, it has been groundbreaking for him, as you touched on a little bit earlier. He's breaking ground all the time. I know, I know we've got Joe Montemuro at Juventus, uh, you know, doing great things in the women's game. And we've had, you know, a few others having a crack here, there and everywhere. But when it comes down to it, he's the Michael Jordan at the moment of Australian coaches. He's uh, he's ripping it up. He, he was getting a bad rap, but, you know, he did a good job in Japan, but so could everybody, apparently. But uh you know, uh, Muskie's gone and followed suit over there and done great things uh, in in, uh, in Japan. So it looks like it won't be long before he starts breaking into some of the bigger leagues around the world. But uh, Ange definitely in every conversation he's there being discussed at taking over a Premier League vacancy or somewhere else in the world. So look, he deserves every bit of fortune he gets. And I think, as I've said previously, he's definitely a club coach because of the fact that when you play you know, for the national team, you're stuck with the players you have. And if you don't have a holding centre midfielder, you don't have, you know, a, a tall striker, then you're stuffed. But with him, when he buys a, or takes a team and he can go and buy the players what he wants and he doesn't spend a fortune, he just buys the right players and he plays a brilliant brand of football. So congratulations, Anne. I was fortunate enough before um, we qualified for the previous World Cup to have had a chat with him uh, after the game. And he's a fantastic guy. And I think he deserved uh, a lot better than the rubbish he was getting from the media here and giving him a hard time. And I think the last laugh is on them as well as uh, some of those Celtic fans that were giving a hard time. And the other Scottish pundits, including uh, Sutton and all these guys who said he can't make it and he's got no clue what he's doing. But I think the last laugh was on him. And uh, I'm very happy for him and his family. So all the best. Look, I've just got to echo those words. And um you know, congratulate him again. Uh, tremendous. What, what he's done over there is just absolutely tremendous. Um, and like I said, he's he's paving the way for for other Aussie coaches to go over there and players as well. And and you know, he, he Ange has that mentality that 
you know, you've got to wipe that stigma away that that you're Australian. You know, when when people see Australians playing football, they raise an eyebrow sometimes. But Ange is he's, he's absolutely deleting that stigma um, from top to bottom, and he's he's doing a fantastic job job at it. And you know, he, look at the players that he's, he's he's brought over. He's brought over you know players from the J League. Um, you know, he brought Aaron Moy into that squad, um, who who was you know. A bit out of it at the start of the season, you know, it took him a while to, to settle, but he's he's gone on and, and been a real influential player for that team. Uh, Aaron Moy has so, um, you know, hats off to what Ange has been able to to get out of him, at, especially at his age now. Um, but he's he's gone and brought you know these these Japanese players over who are technically brilliant, right? And they've absolutely just carved up the Scottish league. They they they're just you know they've got the ball on a string. Um, they they can run. They're physical as well. So. Um, you know, hats off to him. Like you said, when he's when he's able to bring in bring in the players that he wants to play the style of football that he wants, um, he generally gets the player you know spot on. That's fantastic to see. Let's get into our grand final review. So with no revolutionised roundup this week because of the break and uh, no games. So uh, it's first v second, as we said. City finishing eleven points clear of the Mariners. Uh, City have scored slightly more goals and conceded slightly less this season than uh, the Mariners, but there's not a lot in it. They've played 35 times. If you're a stats man like UVIG, City winning 16 times, Mariners 11 and eight draws. And so far this season, they've had uh, a 1-1 draw on the coast and then City won uh, 1-0, a close game at home. So there's not much in it. I know there was 11 points uh, that that, that separated the two at the end of the season, but I think uh, it's not as big as it actually seems. I think it was a lot closer race than that. Uh, One stage we were saying Adelaide could have even pinched them with about six games to go, but then uh, City did steady themselves. And I I think, uh, you know, the Mariners did go through a little period where they were kind of, you know, a little bit off off colour. But uh, look, let's have a quick look at this uh, VIG. So Melbourne City last week played a 4-1-4-1 formation. So they had Glover, Reyes, Lamb, Good and Boss. So four across the back. Aidan O'Neill playing as uh, as a number six at the back of their, uh, as a CDM. And then they played a four-man midfield with Naboot, Barisha, Leckie, and Tilio, with uh, McLaren up front leading the line. So will they change their formation to include Berrigay and Van Der Veen, who have played not only in the first leg against Sydney, but have played a lot during the season? Or do you see them playing with that, uh, you know, where there's, there is a, there's a good amount of defence there, but that also it's quite attacking when you've got, like I said, the likes of Naboot, Barisha, Leckie, Tilio, and McLaren in your forward line? Yeah, look, I think they've gone that four-one-four-one probably to fit in Naboo, Leckie, um, Tilio, and McLaren. Um, you know, if they if they go back to the more traditional sort of four-three-three that they sometimes play as well, um, you know, that pushes Leckie Leckie wide, Tilio wide, McLaren through the middle. It probably means Naboo misses out potentially, um, and potentially Van der Veen comes in or Berenger into that midfield. So. It'll be interesting to see. I think they'll probably stick stick with that again, um, depending on on fitness of players. But uh, I'm I'm tipping everyone will be uh, fit and, and ready to go. So I think they'll probably go go the same way. Yeah, look, I'll, I'd bring in Van Der Veen if that was me, and I'd play uh, Lecky out wide. That's just the way it is. And I know I think that there's a distorted version of what happened last week, considering they played with uh, you know against 10 men for a large chunk of the game when uh, Maxi Burgess got sent off. So I, I don't really think you can see if their formation worked or didn't work. So yeah. now they're going to go in blind, I, I think kind of blind because it's not their usual formation. But Van Der Veen came off the bench and scored a goal and he's been excellent this year. Berengay is always, you know, so dangerous and I think he feeds very well. I think the boots are luxury that they can have off the bench, but that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, look, I think I think personally, I, th- I think Leckie is probably more effective um, out wide. It's more natural for him. You know, he's played the majority of his career when he's sort of in a bit, you know, sort of behind McLaren. Um, it's not as not as natural for him. Doesn't have as much space to to break in behind the defence and 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 you know really break those lines. But um, yeah, look, I, I don't know. E- either way, when, when I'm looking at that the, the squad on paper and you know the the attacking weapons that they have, uh, it's going to be a tough task for the Mariners. Yeah, looking at the Mariners, a lot of the time they've lined up with a four four two. So Vukovic in goals. In the back line of the four men, in the back line is Storm Rowe, um, Triantis, Caltac and McGarry. So the Spencer pairing there don't need any introduction. They've been in every award so far <laughs> towards the end of the season, rightfully so. And McGarry's been a, a fantastic signing and, and Storm has been a, a, a quite achiever. He's been excellent this year. Their four-man midfield is uh, Encololo, Silvera and in the, in the centre, the dynamic duo of Nisbet and Ballard. And up front, the uh, unpredictable Tilio, uh, Marco Tulio, as well as uh, the enigmatic uh, Jason Cummings. So a really good lineup there too. And you'd be expecting that's how they would line up on the on the weekend uh, heading into this clash. Do you see anything different from them, or you think that's how it's going to be? Pretty much, uh, it's very similar lineups to what they both field in the second leg of the semi-finals. Yeah, look, I, I think they'll go with the exact same lineup. Um, the only one, you know, the, the, the Joker card, I guess you could throw in, is is maybe a Christian Theoharis. I think he's been pretty good off the bench, but um, may, maybe you want to you want to keep it that way. But um, you know, Tulio and Cummins up top. Tulio's been fantastic. Cummins, you know, he's still scoring goals. Um, and I think I think that that four midfield: Encolalo, Nisbet, Ballard, and Silvera will, will stay the same. And I think the back line will, will stay the same as well with, with uh, Danny Vukovic in goals. All right, tell us now, uh, who do you like? Who's going to take home the uh, the Chockeys and uh, where's the game won or lost? Oh, God, this is – it's it's a, a difficult one. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the the, the final in Sydney, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of Central Coast fans uh, travel down. Um, it's going to be – it's going to be very, very close. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in this one. Like I said, I think they've had what they had a one-all draw and uh, City won one-nil uh, down in Melbourne. So I think it's going to be tight. Um, I got a feeling this one's potentially going extra time and penalties and literally flip a coin. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Central Coast. I, I don't know why. I just got a, a feeling. Um, they've they've been great all year. City have been great. They've won the Premier's plate. Um, you know they they've had they had a, a tough outing against Sydney up here, um, and, and then they went down. And the, the second semi final was obviously um, you know a lot easier for them playing against ten men. So I don't I, I don't know. You can never write them off with with the quality they have. But I've just got a feeling um, it's going to go to penalties, and Central Coast are going to win. All right, um, I'm going to jump on you there too. I'm I'm going to go for Mariners. Mine's a couple of simple reasons. If City go with that lineup, I, I don't think it's the right the right lineup for them. I also feel that uh, at the moment that uh, Serge and Monty are pulling the strings, and I just think they're they're doing a better job off the pitch, guiding the team and making the right changes. And I think Vitasic, and that's nothing against him. I think if PK was there, I think that also goes against uh, the Mariners. So I think that's a big swing. And I also feel that uh, you know they've won something this year. 
the Mariners have come so close. So for them to bomb out now would mean they've walked away so close yet so far and won nothing. So I think for them, there's just that little bit more incentive for them to get the job done. I also think it helps that a lot of people complaining that the game's played in Sydney and that they don't get a home ground final, but I don't think the Mariners complaining at all. I think they've had seven away wins this year, beating Adelaide twice in in uh, Adelaide. So I think they're a good team away from home. This year, I think from memory, City have probably had more draws away from home than they have anything else. So I don't think they're great travellers, um, the, the way things are going. So for me, I think being in Sydney, even though it's not at a Mariners game, I think the uh, the coaches as well as the formation all play into the hands of the Mariners. So, yeah, I, I believe in a very close game and hopefully a really enjoyable one that the uh, the Mariners will will take take the take the victory here. But uh, look, yeah, we wish both teams all the best, and we uh, we hope it's a cracking game and it's a cracking spectacle for the A League. Yeah, definitely. Look, I just hope it's a it's a cracking game, cracking spectacle. Um, the difference for me, the the one player that I think um, can really make the difference in in a tight game is Danny Vukovic in goals. Um, you know, I, I think I think he could have it. You know, he, he's going to have a lot to do regardless. You know, City are going to throw everything at him. They're, they're potent in attack. Um, they've got players up top that, you know, you got J-Mac, um, Leckie, Naboo, uh, Tilio. They're going to cause troubles for that for that Mariners back line. And, and I think the Mariners back line have been tremendous all year. But I think Danny Vukovic, um, if he has a good game, um, he could he could be the man. He could be my man of the match. All right. Well, uh, we'll know uh, probably this time Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, fantastic uh, game and uh, very exciting. And, you know, we just can't wait. Up after the break, we welcome to the Player Escape Room Western United's Golden Boot winner, Hannah Keane. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Joining us now in the Player Escape Room is a star striker that has set the A-League women's competition alight this season. Please welcome to the show Western United's Golden Boot winner, Hannah Keane. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you? It's uh, been a few weeks since the grand final and you're back in the US visiting family. What have you been up to? Um, Good, just relaxing, taking a rest. It was a tough season. Um, I'm still not super happy about losing in the grand final, but I think it's starting to sink in a little bit more about how successful of a season we did have just by making it to that grand final. So I feel good, feel relaxed, but I'm already already thinking about in every workout I have right now winning that grand final next season so it's great motivation. Look it was a remarkable season uh, in your team's debut season you finished just one point behind Premier Sydney FC were first into the grand final and personally you claimed the golden boot. What milestones did you set yourself when you arrived at Western United? It, it was it was it that high? Was it that high pretty much a grand final almost a minor premiership and the, the leading scorer of the competition? I think it's a fine line between having goals that are attainable and then also not jinxing yourself by saying, oh, we have to make it to the grand final and that's all we think about. Um, but at the beginning, we did make a goal setting uh, kind of meeting that we made individual goals and team goals. And individually, I just wanted to score more than 10 goals. Um, I think I knew I could do more than that. So I was probably setting the bar a little bit, a little bit low, but I think after not having made it into the A-League last time I was in Australia in 2016, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder that I wanted to prove to everyone that I should have been in the league. Um, so I think just to kind of show who I was as a player was my main goal and to see what the league had missed out on in 2016. And I'm happy that I was able to get the golden boot. Um, 
but more importantly, it helped our team get pretty far and I mean, almost as far as you can possibly go. Um, so hopefully we can just do it all again next season. Yeah, look, in 2016, it goes to show even the best get it wrong when current Juventus and former Melbourne City coach Joe Montemuro let you slip through his fingers. It's not too late, Joe. I hear Hannah would be keen on a Turin experience. So, mate, you can always reach out. It's, it's not too late for you to go there and say that you got, got it wrong. But uh, um, Joe is gone, but it was it nice to finally play in the league and prove that you're an exceptional player. They're my words, not yours. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we can never really know what would have happened if I had made the Melbourne City squad in 2016, but I think the places that I've been since then have definitely shaped me into a much better player. And so I I almost wouldn't change what has happened. I mean, it's unfortunate, but there's still, that goes to show there's lots more out there that can happen, even if you don't make it on one team at one moment. Things happen for a reason. But uh, have you enjoyed living in Australia? I know you were here briefly in 2016, but this is probably pretty much a a first full season or a first full year in Australia. Have you enjoyed Australia and Melbourne in general? Yeah, I really have. I think the first time I was here, I was a lot younger, a little bit fresh out of uh, college and didn't really know the world like I do now. So I see things a, a bit differently, but I've really loved it. The people are so kind. The Western club, everyone around it has been so welcoming and helped me with anything that I ever needed help with. Um, And the culture is great. I think that it's nice because it's not too different from America, but it's just enough different where you can tell that you're obviously very far away from America. And you can tell the thinking is a little bit different in some things. And I really enjoy it. And that's why I'm signed again, because I didn't want to leave just yet. So you're also balancing art, photography, and and I know that's huge in, in Melbourne. Was that did that play into your hands as well? I know there would have been multiple clubs that were interested in you in Australia, but was that a big reason going to Melbourne that you also knew the art uh, and the photography scenes also huge? Um, I actually didn't really think about that too much when I first decided to sign with Western. Um, but I think after exploring around the city a bit more, I realized what kind of hub it is for art and. I really enjoyed it and they've got some of the best murals and just artworks around the city that you don't even know are there until you walk down like this little alley and then there's a um a huge three-story flower face just painted right in front of you and it's great um I'm hoping to do a lot more in that I think I was a bit overwhelmed just the first season and a lot of pressure and it was a little bit hard to do much outside of soccer um, in the art area. But I think now that I'm more experienced and have been there before, I think I'm going to dig a lot more into doing more on the side with art. I'll go one step further and say now you're a star of a league. You can uh, do a little bit more (laughs) art, a little bit more photography, and a little bit more of what you want to do. So we'll put it that way. I think that's probably more accurate. But um, look, it's it's no doubt you're a star on the pitch, but what has impressed me most is just how much, uh, how damn nice you are off it. You know, I'm always seeing you helping people, taking photos with fans and volunteering at Melbourne's Second Chance Animal Rescue. Where does the kindness come from? Is it someone in the family? Is it just something that was built in you? Is it something, does it come from somewhere else? Um. I mean, I guess, I guess you would have to start with my parents. I mean, they're the ones that raised me and I think my parents are very nice, but I mean, I don't think I would be able to think any different, but I don't know. I just find that being nice, like there's no reason not to be, um, just, I don't see the other, there's no other reason to not be nice. I mean, 
it doesn't help me in any way to not be nice. It doesn't help anyone else. So um, I think just the world would be better if everyone was a little bit nicer and maybe didn't take things so personally every single time. And it's just, I don't know where it comes from. I guess it's just my personality, but I found that it works well for me and I like to see other people happy. So if they're happy, then I'm pretty happy. I think the world would be a lot better place if we had a few more Hannah Keynes and we'd have a few better football <laughs> clubs as well, right? There'd be a lot better teams and probably more <laughs> goals scored. So uh, we can always wish for that. But um, talking of the uh, second chance animal rescue, how many animals have you tried to take home with you? Is there a, is there a large lot of you? Oh my God. I, every single every single time that I was in there volunteering, I was just like, this little kitten could fit into my pocket and that's no one would know. And that's just how it would be. But yeah, unfortunately, one of my teammates that I was living with is allergic to cats, so I was unable to take any home. Um, but I don't know what my living situation will be next season, and if I'm by myself or with someone that's not allergic to animals, I'm definitely fostering an animal, so like taking care of an animal until it gets adopted by someone else, because I think if I truly adopted an animal, it would be really hard to bring back to America and take care of while we were traveling for our games, but but I'll definitely be more involved next season. But that the might, animals were amazing. That might be Weston's plan, right? If you get you to have an animal or a pet that you can't take home, maybe you stay long term, right? So maybe, <laughs> maybe you've given them some ideas, right? This, they'll just take this back <laughs> to the boardroom now and start mixing it up in there. You just gave them the idea, so thanks a lot. <laughs> you're, more, you're more than well. I'm just trying to help out Australian football fans. That's all I'm trying to do here. We're trying to keep you here long term. Well, that will work. That's a great plan. <laughs> you scored a bag full of goals in Portugal when you were at Braga and you were the leading scorer this season. How have you never featured in the national team at any level for the USA? Um, I mean, the USA is big. They've got a lot of players to pick from. And I think I, think I wasn't great in college. I didn't enter the draft to get into the American League. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. I mean... It's just how it goes. I think also not playing in America, it's a little bit harder to get the attention of the national team and the coaches. And they, for the most part, have their favorites. And that's just how the U.S. national team system works. But I'm not complaining. I've, I've loved my career. I've loved where I've gone and who I've played for in the leagues that I've been in. So I'm not too sad or mad about it at all. Um, of course, if anyone wants to call me and invite me to a camp I'm very happy to go but it's not it's not on my do or die list that I must get to um I'm just happy to nuts. be yeah I think they're nuts they should you sh they should have given you a call up by now and just see what you can do right like you're a goal scorer there's okay there's a lot of good players in the US but there's always room for another good striker that scores goals who's super nice, right? So <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably a no-brainer. But any which way, look, look, fingers crossed that uh, a call comes before the end of your career. But uh, can you go one better next season? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm still kicking myself over the probably 15 or 20 chances that I messed up on in the season. And just knowing that I had those chances and I didn't score, I mean, I know that, they're there and maybe next season I'll do a little bit better to score more, but I definitely think it's doable. We made the chances and it was just on me to that. I didn't finish them. So the chances are there and hopefully I just do better to take them next season. So let's get into the first game. I like to play with our guests, which is called six aside where I'll ask you six questions comparing you and your Western United teammates. 
but I will put a slightly different spin on it. So you can select any of your teammates instead of the usual matchups that I give, and that way it makes it a little bit fairer for you. Okay, sounds good. Ready to go? Yeah. Who is the most likely to pick up a team bill? So if you went out for breakfast or lunch and uh, someone was going to pick up the whole bill, who's most likely? Uh, Probably Chloe Legarzo or Jess McDonald. Okay. Are they both very generous? Yeah. Yeah, they just are. got a lot of money. Either way, right? Both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who, who's least likely? Is there someone that you could say that more than likely if, if a bill came up, they'd take a phone call or they'd be leaving to, to go to the bathroom or something? Is there someone that you would could throw under the bus or prefer not no. to? No. No. No, I really think there actually isn't anyone that would do that. There's, our team is too great. There's just – I've never been on any team that the people – like every single person is nice. I mean, usually I can pick out a few that I stay away from or don't want to be around that much, but Western's been, it's very surprising. You found your home. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> who, who would do the best job minding my kids and my two labs? Oh, probably Alex and Claire. She's okay. the team mom. She's just the biggest heart. She's Probably a hundred times nicer than me, which is might be hard to say, but it's scary. It's very, yeah, a <laughs> hundred times nicer than you. <laughs> I think the dogs would be a lot easier than the kids, but uh, if she's happy to do the job, then I'm I'm happy to lock her in, right? Always, oh, she, always do someone you can trust with, right? Yeah, she loves kids. It's great. <laughs> right, awesome. We'll lock her in. Who has the best dress sense? Ooh. Hmm. We've got a lot of very stylish people on our team. Okay, is anyone you look I'd at say, and say I'd like to be them the way they dress? Is it that, that makes it easier for you, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it's a little bit difficult because a lot of times our training is it's very early in the morning, so people just roll up in pajamas and sweats. But then every once in a while, uh, TJ, TJ Vlainich, she is like she'll wear normal clothes and everyone's just like oh my gosh tj wow you look so different and it's very she has she does have very good style but there's a definitely a few people on the team that that can dress very well who gets noticed most on the street oh chloe definitely yeah does fans always coming up asking for autographs yeah yeah i mean i think being on the matildas and then also um working a lot with under armor her face is just on store windows and um it's amazing it's great and she's so nice about it too so definitely go up if you see her ever <laughs> you may have you may have flown under the radar this year but being golden boot uh, winner and being in a lot of promos for the grand final this year and so on i think next year you you might be getting a few people covered asking you so uh, get get ready to sign a few autographs and pat a few kids on the head and do a few things so yeah, I'm happy to do that, but I just hope they use some other people's pictures next time because. <laughs> yeah, I, was... I know you don't. You maybe don't want the attention, but you deserved it. So uh, unfortunately, you just have to wear it. I think. Okay, thank you. Who is the most high maintenance? Ooh. I know this puts you in trouble, but uh, <laughs> look, the good news is, by the time you get back from the US, they would have forgotten about this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would say, ooh, maybe. Maybe TJ again, but I mean, that's, it's, it comes with style, not, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, she works for it and it looks good. So everything she does is great. Um, yeah, I'd say TJ and then maybe Franny, um, uh, there's a few people, but I think overall we don't have anyone that's a huge high maintenance 
they're pretty all down to earth and just do what they like to do. That was safe with TJ because you've already given her a massive compliment, right? Being the best dressed, and now you've also <laughs> said she's the high maintenance, so it negates itself, right? So, see, not yeah. only smart on the pitch, but smart off the pitch as well. Bravo to you, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who would make the best Hollywood actress? Considering you're from the US, you'd know a bit about uh, the acting world, and you maybe did some a bit before at college or before you, you went to college. And oh, definitely not. But I would say. At least the one person that would have the most experience with that would be Hillary Beal because she's from LA. Um, she's basically in the movies already. Um, I think I think she would be a good a good Hollywood actress. She she can do the drama in the best way, not in a bad way. Like so, what about you? If, if you were, if you're going to get called up now that you're starting to become a big star, if you got called up to do something in a movie, what sort of uh, genre movie would you want to be in? Is there a particular type of movie? I think I would have to do action and just lots of running around and like acrobatic stuff and no like close up, very intense emotional scenes because I would probably just laugh. <laughs> um, so definitely action. I'll jump through windows. I'll jump off buildings. I can do that part, but I don't know about the, the actual drama up close stuff. Look, I don't know how that will go in your Western United contract, but uh, if you do get a call <laughs> up from them, just give me a mention. That's all I want. Just mention me in the credits <laughs> or something and I'll we both win, right? Sounds good. <laughs> all right. You pass that with flying colours. Let's get into the second game I like to play, which is one, two. You give us your thoughts on the following topics. If you have any problems, I'll jump in and try and help you out if I can. Okay. What song best describes you? You can sing or say a few lines if I don't know what the song is and maybe I'll lie and tell you I don't know it anyway just so we can hear you sing. <laughs> Oh, no, you don't want that. I would break all the ears and microphones of okay. everyone. I'm probably the most tone-deaf person you've ever met, so I, don't, I do not sing. Um, you can't be good at everything, Hannah, all right? So we found a weakness, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what song do I really like? Um, is there something you listen to if you're training at the gym or if you're going for a walk or something? Is there one that you listen to on the train or anything in the car? Yeah, the problem is is I listen to every single different genre of music and it's solely based off of how I'm feeling in the moment. So, I mean, I don't have like a top three favorite songs in the whole world because it changes probably every other week. Um, but I, okay, I guess like a classic one that I do like to listen to before games and kind of motivational is Thunderstruck by ACDC. Coming more Australian by the second. See, we're, we're a big hope here of keeping you long term. <laughs> I mean, that one's been on my list for years. So maybe that was just a sign that it was meant to be. But I think so. um, yeah, I don't know. I love it. It definitely always gets me into into the zone for a hard training or for a game. And Great pump up like, song, isn't it? it? Yeah. All right. Your coach, Mark Tacasso. Great person. Um, it was really funny when I first was trying to come to Australia, I called my old NPL coach um, that I had in 2016 and just asked him if he had any kind of insides to the A-League and any coaches. And he was like, okay, Mark is going to call you in five minutes. And then, <laughs> and then he called me like probably less than five minutes. Um, but yeah, and we had a great conversation and I really liked everything he told me about Western, what they were building and trying to create. So um, I think he's a great person. He, definitely laughs at me when I talk about gardening and 
doing anything with the animals. He's just like, you're so strange. And <laughs> yeah, it's great. You're so um, strange, but you saw it score so many goals for us. So we're just going to put up with it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably exactly what he thinks, but it's okay. I think, I think after a little bit, I'll be able to get him into the garden and get some, some more animals around him and he'll, he'll see, he'll see the way he will. <laughs> Look, he's proven not only he's a good coach, but he's proven he's super smart, right? Cause he got you in. So, uh, He's, he's proven he's a good recruiter and he's a good coach. But was it a bit scary yeah. coming to a club which was in their debut season? So that's probably a first for you. Like there's not a lot of clubs you go to where there's no history or no tradition before you're rocking up and everything's ground zero, right? True. And I think I think Mark also did a very good job of reassuring me that even though it was the first season that they were recruiting people that he thought would be very good um, and would obviously help me on the field and help me off the field. And um, he was very excited about all of it. And I think just having that re- reassurance was very nice. Um, but I'd also seen what their men had done um, as a relatively very new team and in their third year winning the, the grand final. Um, and so I knew, I knew they knew what to do and what, to do to be successful. So I was just a little bit putting my faith into them being able to do that again with the women and they got very close. So, and I mean, we're do we'd got to the grand final on our first season. So that's even probably a bit better than what the men did, but um, I'm excited to see where the, the club and the team goes in the long term, even if, even if I'm not here, but so we'll we. see. <laughs> Who will the USA play in this year's Women's World Cup final? Oh, that's assuming that they'll get to the final. Um, speaking on your behalf, you can always tell me the two teams you think will make it. Um, I think, I think if the US does win, it'll be very, very, very difficult. There's so many good teams now, and I think US used to be so far ahead of everyone, but now the other teams have definitely caught up. So. Um, I think the Matildas are doing really well. They've surprised me the last year or so. Um, but I don't know. England just also seems so strong and Germany and Canada has been okay too. It's so difficult. But we'll just say if the U.S. do go, it'll probably be like Australia or England or Germany. One of those four will for sure win it probably. Oh. Nice choices. Have you got tickets to some of the games? No, I don't because as of right now, I'm not planning on being back by then. Our preseason doesn't start until September. So, but maybe I come back early. I'm not sure. I'm still deciding. Say, you, you might, your family must think how amazing they are, which you've passed up a World Cup to go and do gardening with your dad. <laughs> what a great daughter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I just, I've thought about, I don't have a flight just yet. So maybe I I'll work on that in the next month or so. I've heard tickets are hard to come by already. So for golden boot winners. So no, you're (laughs) fine. Don't worry about that's all good. I'm pretty sure someone will find you some tickets, Hannah. Don't worry. (laughs) You should probably be playing there, but if you're not, we'll take second best and get you some good tickets. (laughs) Okay. Your favorite Western United men's player. Ooh. So hard. I think though the one that I've talked to the most and I think is very kind is Lockie Wales and just just a very good human and 
very nice and a good player. So probably Lockie. Okay, nice. Celebrity crush. Could be male or female. Could be a sports star. Could be any any uh, walk of life. I think maybe David Beckham. Um, he's Me just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, the other day, I watched like an hour long highlight reel of just his Manchester United goals, and it was a great hour. It was amazing. It wasn't as many in a season as you, but he's not bad. <laughs> he's not bad. He's not bad at all. <laughs> The strangest thing you found in Australia, so it could be a food, it could be a show, it could be a word, it could be something. What's something that you just go, I don't know where this comes from? Um, there's a lot of words. Okay. A lot of words. Yep. Um, oh, I think, well, there's a few, so I'll say a few things. The yep. first one was if it's like kind of raining, in America we'd say like, oh, it's sprinkling, but then I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, it's spitting down. And I'm just like, spitting? Like, that's <laughs> so gross. It's just, it's <laughs> nice, the water, but spitting down. Like, who says spitting? So that was a bit weird. But I feel like your guys' language is a little bit more, not vulgar in a bad way, but just, you just say a lot of words in America that we think are bad or just would use less amounts of times. What about food? So is there a particular food here that you've actually really liked that you don't have in the US or but you didn't like and you just thought I don't know how they eat that? Um I so Chloe actually I think it was on maybe our during the grand final weekend in Sydney. Um I have tried Vegemite before, but I think I did it the wrong way. Like I just put my finger in it and ate it and like okay. obviously that's terrible. Um, and then everyone would always say, oh, put Vegemite on toast with butter, but I'm vegan, so I don't eat butter. So it's a little bit different. But Chloe was like, no, the real secret is toast with a thin layer of Vegemite and then smashed avocado on top. Okay. And, and I ate it and it was so good. It was delicious. It was like a really nice salty avocado crunchy mix with the toast. Um, okay. And so now I definitely think I'll eat it more because that combo was really good. Um, and then just the one other thing, which I always have known about the Huntsman spiders, but to have one like run across your windshield while you're driving, it was maybe not the way I would have liked to see one for the first time. Um, but yeah. And then he was in our car for a while. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't on your bucket list. So uh, let's hope it doesn't happen again. Right. I do. I do like animals. So it, I didn't try to kill him or anything. And he was mostly, he was like on the outside part of the car, but like under, it was like in the, the trunk of the car, but like not really inside. So he was okay. He was just along for a ride. Look, it wouldn't but, surprise me, Anna, if you went and found the spot a new accommodation or something. I know what you're like, <laughs> right? You're probably going to find him somewhere new to live and make sure he was well looked after or she looked after. And it's, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Next time I'll get a tank and grab him and like keep him as a pet because they're they're big enough to cuddle so so yeah, not, might as well. I'm not a big fan so um, yeah you can keep all the spiders to yourself I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> Something you've always wanted to do but have never tried yet. <sighs> I feel like maybe skydiving, but I could also see myself chickening out at the last moment. Okay, but. Just the falling part, I feel like 
kind of scares me. I don't like those roller coasters at amusement parks that go straight up and then you just fall. But then I've had other people tell me that it's a completely different feeling when you're just free falling through the air. So maybe, maybe that. All right. So if we get a double, if we win a, if you win the double next year or you get golden boot winner again, can we get you to commit that you're going to do it? <laughs> oh, so scary. I'll think sure. about it. All right, you just think about it. I think that's the only way that I would probably actually do something like that is if I'm forced or made an agreement and have to follow through with it. So right, vir- yes. virtual shake on that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> the thing that makes you laugh the most. Currently I'm watching Ted Lasso and that yeah, makes fantastic. me yeah, it's so laugh good. a lot. I love it. Laughing so much. So Ted Lasso. You are in season three or season two or where are you up to? Season three. Hey, me too. I keep falling asleep, so uh, hopefully I'll get to watch it before the end of the year. <laughs> and final question, best player you've ever played with or against? Um, well, against is definitely, I guess, two seasons ago now when I was in Spain. We played against Barcelona three times, so <laughs> every single player on Barcelona is the best player I've ever played against. Did you win any games um, against them? Even get a draw or something? Oh no, 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 right. no! Did they actually just they actually just drew and lost for the first time in like two years in league play? Um, but we did score a goal against them, even though we lost five to one. We still got that one, so that was a that was a good achievement. But they're all just on a completely different level, so it's it's really fun to watch, but. A little bit fun to play against because we did stick with them for a while, but but they just outclass you towards the end and you can't do anything about it except admire it after they've scored a lot. But um, best player I've played with, that's so hard. I've been on too many teams and good teams to pick one person, but I definitely think that on my team in, in Spain a couple of years ago, there were some really good players. Um, and one of them, her name's Myra Ramirez. She plays on the Colombian national team and she was on my team in Spain. And now she's with Levante in Spain. And I think they got third place in the league this season. And she scored like 15 or 16 goals and a great, great striker, great forward. I should try to get her to come to Australia now. <laughs> oh, look, I'm pretty sure when I ask a few other players in the future, they're going to say Hannah Keane, but, uh, I'll keep you posted and tell you how many people have told me that. But look, I thank you very much for your time. I know it's super early for you over in the US and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time with your family and the gardening and everything else. But uh, we can't wait to get you back, uh, if not for just the start of the uh, women's season next year, but to get you to watch a few of the games in the uh, Women's World Cup. But uh, we thank you very much for your time on the Football Revolution and uh, we'll check in with you again later in the year. Sounds good. Thank you. And if you ever want to bring your kids and the dogs to Maine, I can show you how to gar- how to garden garlic because we have lots of garlic. <laughs> well, maybe we can add that into the uh, the virtual agreement we have. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you very much for your time. Bye. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Fantastic chatting with talented and uh, kind Hannah Keen. We look forward to watching her again. Uh, in the Women's A-League next season. Uh, up now is our clinical finish, and uh, you've already touched on this, our first little part of that BIG, our WTF, our what the foot. Bundesliga torture me uh, again. So yeah. Dortmund fans, 
handing Bayern an 11th consecutive title. Dortmund equalised against Mainz in the 96 minutes. So we thought, okay, 2-2 might be enough to get us uh, the crown. But uh, an 89th minute winner from Wissiala gave Tuchel's men a last gasp 2-1 victory and the crown. So honestly, it'd almost be better if we just came fourth. It's just do we cry? Do we cry now? Do we laugh? What do we do? I, I don't know. Oh, you just it, do that, that was that was painful. I stayed up last night to watch it. Um, it was incredibly painful. Just just from the get go, you know, the, the atmosphere, the crowd, um, the expectation um, in Dortmund was was just incredible. Um, the pain. You know, they've, oh. they've got they've got yeah they've got some of the best the best fans in the world. Um, but yeah, then you know the first they they just they just absolutely lost it in the first twenty minutes. You know, go one nil down. Um, think they again back in the game. They've won a penalty, missed the penalty. Um, you know, softly taken by Haller. Uh, you know, in your number nine, you want him to go up there and, and absolutely bang that in the back of the net. And he's he's opened his body up and and you know side footed it to the to the goalkeeper. And um, you know, I think a fairly regulation save um, for the keeper, but. Oh god, I don't know. It's frustrating to watch. Um, they 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 did a lot of good things, but they they did a lot of um, things that left me scratching my head. They were, you know, trying to get the ball out wide, and uh, how many crosses did they whip into the box? Um, and yeah, I don't know. They just sort of it seemed to me like they just sort of ran out of ideas and, and didn't have a plan B. Um, if they went down and then they went down one nil, two nil, um, they they did everything they could in the second in the second half, but. It was uh, too little, too late. Yeah, look, they showed massive nerves and you don't win 11 consecutive titles because you don't know what you're doing. So it comes with experience, right? And when you haven't won one for uh, forever, it, it, it was like it was so far away from us that we just couldn't grab it. And like I said, if last week Bayern hadn't done the unusual for them and, and trip up, it would have been better if they were leading and we just weren't good enough. But to actually take the lead for the second time in the matter of weeks and then go, okay, we're so close. All we need to do now against an average side is get a victory and we just bottled it. So, look, unfortunately, back to the drawing board. They've already lost – we've already lost Haaland last year, this year, or probably Bellingham and a few others. So, look, it will be interesting to see how they rebuild. But, uh, yeah, look, great effort. But, uh, yes, super disappointing. In the final game of the season, one team will be heartbroken and the other will be celebrating long into the night. Combank Stadium in Sydney hosts Avitasic's City versus Monty's Mariners. In a winner takes all battle. Yeah, look, we've we've been talking about it uh, all pod. Uh, it's a huge game uh, for both sides. Uh, massive for Central Coast who who haven't been uh, here for a long time. I think the, the last time was when they beat the Wanderers. I think so. Maybe that's an omen. It's at it's at the Wanderers' uh, home ground. So um, who knows? Maybe maybe they can uh, you know get something out of that. Um, but yeah, Melbourne City. Look, they've they've been the benchmark for the last three seasons. Um, you know, three three premiers plates, uh, one championship, and they've got a chance now to uh, to farewell their their club captain in, in Scott Jamison with a with another championship. Yeah, and we're both tipped against them, so we'll see what happens, and we might have egg on Sorry, Jammo. Saturday night, but. Uh... Yeah, we'll find out uh, soon enough. If you missed any part of the show or you want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, also up on Football Nation Radio across their platforms and uh, video up on YouTube. Good luck to both teams. If you're not going to the game, watch it at home, at a friend's house or at the pub. I'll be there, so uh, I'll be uh, right there cheering everybody on and enjoying the whole atmosphere. We thank our special guest, Hannah Keen, and hope you enjoy the rest of your off-season. 
We hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. And we look forward to your company again next Tuesday for our A-League show season finale. As we say, rise up and join the football revolution. And until next week, uh, have a great week. Enjoy the final and we'll catch you then.